0: Here's Spencer Linton
1: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play and studio. Be presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, April 2nd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who would love nothing more than to social and physical distance himself from Cosmo. In Cosmo's pad, of course, Jerem Jordan.
0: Jerry you know, Cougars tweeted out... Uh some pictures of Cosmo hanging out in quarantine in, in isolation does Cosmo live in the parade of homes house i mean th- this is this is legit he's he's watching tv watching the guns Ag game by the way on demand on the BYU tv app probably he's doing homework cuz apparently Cosmo's still in school um yeah there he is watching the game BYU wins. i i like cosmo's house like a lot a lot
1: well he's got the dual plasma widescreen setup there has to be a video game or 10 uh system or 10 of sorts in there. Yeah. So can we hang out at Cosmo's house? When of course, yes, physically and socially distancing.
0: Yes. He doesn't talk.
1: <laughs> Does he talk when he's alone? Does Cosmo awesome. sneeze or cough? No. So is Cosmo even susceptible f- to getting coronavirus? Now
0: I'm thinking about the uh the 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 dude inside there coughing and being like <laughs> I need to wash
1: this. Yes, uh, we need to sanitize, sanitize that an, thing on an hourly basis, at least. Uh, yeah, we'll look into uh, Cosmos' crib, but wow, yeah, those are those We're are some pictures. <laughs> I know someday in the fall to watch games when everything's better, right?
0: Yeah, BYU's doing just fine, apparently. If the mascot's living in that,
1: how <sighs> can we get in on that? <laughs> Here's today's show lineup: Tyson Williams. BYU running back who is now pursuing the NFL on his pro football prospects and what he thinks could have been at BYU if he stayed healthy. Yeah. We do that a lot. We're going to go there. The quarterfinals of the BYUSN Best Play of the Year begin, and BYU women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead on preparing for any and every situation this fall. Don't forget, BYU football has been given an over-under total as well. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
0: The NCAA votes to extend the recruiting dead period through May 31st and leaves open the possibility of further extending that period depending on the developments with everything going on. So I think we're going to see a massive effect on recruits the next year and the next year. BYU can't evaluate, or anybody for that matter, the same way. And if I'm a recruitable athlete, I'm going, how am I supposed to get out there right now? It's, it's harder.
1: Everything is floating. We talk about being organized with spreadsheets and docs and i, I don't well, know how Well it's not
0: it's not that part I'm talking about. That part you can put people in. It's the actual valuation of these athletes and the relationships that you cultivate. Sure? You, they it's all, they it's can't all fluid. recruit.
1: No, it's weird. They
0: can't do a Zoom. They can't do a FaceTime or a you know what I mean? There's there's yeah. it's oh, a dead period for very, everybody. It's very complicated. But the cheaters.
1: One thing we have figured out is the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Season awards for men's volleyball and BYU cleaning up. Gabi Garcia Fernandez, your player of the year. Sean Olmstead, not surprisingly, coach of the year. And Gabi, Davide Gardini, Will Stanley, and Felipe Gibrita Ferreira, all named first team. Zach Eschenberg, a second teamer. Miki Yauhianen, an honorable mention. That is getting it done.
0: I didn't expect these to come out at all. So this is a pleasant surprise. Third coach of the year for Sean Olmstead. Congratulations. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, the uh, 56 aces, single season record in 18 matches.
1: Jerem, they're they're all coming back.
0: Today would have been a match
1: against Green King. They're all coming back. Oh, we hope so.
0: J.J. Nwigwe posted his pro day workout numbers. Three cone drill of uh, 6.85 would have been the fastest time for any defensive lineman at the NFL Combine. How about that? Thirty-two reps on the bench press would have been tied for second, and his 4-7-8-40 would have been seventh. Those are surprising numbers from JJ and Wigway. Those are those are excellent. I didn't I didn't think he'd put up that kind of uh those kind of numbers. That's fantastic.
1: This is why a few of the coaches are saying he has freakish athleticism like Ziggy Ansah. They said wait until you see his numbers. Yeah. Sure enough. Comparing to the fifth pick in the draft. I'm just there. saying the numbers. Just the numbers. He he is a physical freak. Yeah. But uh, no we'll pressure. See,
0: throw Ziggy's name out there. We'll
1: see what that does uh, for JJ's pro yeah, prospects. Let's go. Outstanding stuff. 24-7 Sports reporting that DraftKings has released initial over-under win totals for each Division one college football team. Your BYU Cougars check in with an opening over-under of six and a half wins. Six
2: and a half. Six and a half. Was it
1: five and a half last year? Yeah. I don't remember what it was. So they, they exceeded expectations Yay! last Woo!
0: year. 7-6, to six, baby. <laughs> Going to the
1: ship. Well, what if Tyson Williams had stayed healthy? We'll go there today. What if? We'll go there today.
0: What if? losers talk about what if.
1: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Yes, what ifs, and they abound right now because of the current global pandemic that surrounds us. College football insider for Stadium Sports and friend of the program, Brett McMurphy, joined us yesterday with some fascinating and thought-provoking scenarios as they relate to a potential postponed or even canceled college football season. He surveyed and reached out to all 130 athletic directors that feature a Division I college football team. 112 of those ADs responded, and it's clear the majority are urgently seeking a season to happen or their athletic departments as a whole could be on the verge of utter catastrophe, meaning... All of the Olympic sports wouldn't happen because 80 to 90% of the revenue generally comes from what football generates. Yeah. Brett McMurphy added to that right here. If we don't get the all clear till December or January, then you know what? They are, they are considering we'll play in the spring. I mean, it, you would have laughed at me a couple weeks ago and said that's never going to happen. That's how desperately they need the revenue genera- generated by the football programs. So clearly, it's got to happen. Jerem, he also revealed four possible scenarios to make the 2020 season happen, maybe even into 2021. So let's go through all of them, starting with this. The season begins in October or November and finishes in the spring semester.
0: I feel like we're only eliminating one month from the process that would assume that there's only one month of no football, right? That you'd do fall camp in August and then you'd play sorry that you do fall camp in September and then you play in October, November, and then you don't play in December, right? And then you resume in February or March or something. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like we're going to play football as soon as we can play football. They'll, they'll figure it out. There's too much money involved not to play football.
1: And that scenario includes students being back on campus, fans in attendance. Yeah.
0: It's just pushed
1: back a month or two. Right.
0: I I mean, if they really want to make the money, they can make an exception. They don't have to hold to the academic standards of having everyone on campus. They could make it happen.
1: No, and they could play every week in December if they wanted to as well. They could make that happen.
0: Right. Not ideal, because typically you're playing... One game in December, and it's a bowl game.
1: Can't wait for that game not on BYU in the TV North. against North Alabama in mid January at LaVell Edwards Stadium.
0: Uh, <laughs> got nothing to kick off, but now, now moved inside. <laughs>
1: yeah, it'll be seven degrees
0: yeah, as a high. Yeah, that's why I wonder how that uh, yeah, worked. Yeah. yeah, okay. okay. I, what do you think?
1: Well, I, I would be okay with it just because that seems like the least amount of adjustment to make everything happen in terms of keeping fans, help. Uh, happy and healthy and tickets can be sold and fans can go to the games. Oh,
0: I let's talk about that. I don't see a scenario where they play without fans. They need the revenue. It's not just the TV revenue. There are smaller schools that don't get a lot of TV revenue. They need the gate. They need
1: the gate. Okay. Well, one of the four scenarios that you know, needs the gate. Brett McMurphy put out there is play in the fall on schedule. Start the season when you're supposed to start it. You do so with no fans TV contracts are still in place, and only athletes are on campus while students continue their Zoom conferencing and online uh, instruction.
0: I don't see how this happens from a health perspective. I don't see how you can get 120 people contacting each other on the reg and then expect nothing to happen. We, we've, we're trying to flatten the curve, den the curve, whatever. There's going to be another curve if we... Come out too soon, or will there be a curve? No matter what, it's just how big is it? I, it is. I don't know. I, mean, I don't. I don't see a situation where you can play football like that. Like basketball is another one. Talking talking with Greg Bell, he made a great point. He goes, you know, what's the most virus carrying uh, athletic piece of equipment? A basketball. Just everyone's touching it, and it's bouncing around. You know, it's like, wait, yeah. We're. I don't see a situation where. Until it's like, we're either packing 100K in or it's nobody, in my
1: opinion. The NBA, apparently, is looking at an option just to get games in of taking all teams to an isolated location, maybe Las Vegas, quarantining those teams, and then having them play games in front of no fans and testing all of the players, uh, if any of them get sick, but making sure all of them are healthy before this begins.
0: That's nice. What happens when one player tests positive? But,
1: uh, yeah. I, then I don't, they shut I, the whole I thing down. Like, I don't know.
0: It's, it's going to be a minute. It okay. okay there's, we've talked through
1: one. Two of them. two, of them. two? We okay. talked through the play in the fall with no fans as well okay. uh, as uh, pushing it back to October. Okay, okay. Number three, moving the season all the way to the spring semester so that we have I'm in favor of this. college football in May. I mean, we might be playing the national championship on Memorial Day. Does
0: anyone care when it is or just that it is? I think we can't worry about that than when. Uh, obviously, health is the number one concern. So it's whenever we can play, we're going to play. And if that's in the spring, that's just fine with me. That's just fine. I think this is the most likely scenario. I don't know all the details. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to act like I have one. I feel like I'm a doctor of BYU athletic history, but that's not the subject at
1: the moment. So you think that the all clear is not going to come until December or January?
0: No, no, no. That's not when I th- uh, well, I think that would that what it feels
1: like. Okay. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't have a good guess. That's just what it feels like based on what the conversation is, and I would be okay with this. I don't care when it happens, just that it happens. And if it's if it's March, April, and and uh, May, awesome. I don't see how we could start in February in a lot of places, right? Um, that that'd be tough with the weather, right? And the, some people talked about, hey, in the in the fall and the winter. Uh, when do you get the flu, the most right, uh, and the, when it's when it's cold, so that's that's potentially another bump back to this, right? Are we going to do all this for nothing if we come out of it too early? That's a concern I have.
1: The fourth situation is the one that is causing BYU fans the most concern, and it involves a delayed start. By canceling non-conference games, but leaving all conference games in place. Uh, So college football teams would start in October and just essentially eliminate September. But then you think about independent BYU and them not having a conference. And what does that mean for their season and the other independents for that matter? So this is the option that BYU fans should not want is the well, only play conference games because you can still have a conference championship and you can still figure things out for the college football playoff. But that leaves BYU. And I, Notre Dame has an agreement with the ACC, so maybe they slide in there. Like
0: Five-game agreement, though. It's not a full schedule.
1: Uh, maybe that's the way that BYU and Notre Dame could actually play a game, that they have that series. Is it, if took it took side a pandemic on this. for it, us it, to get maybe, to Notre Dame. Game. I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, – Unprecedented, unique, unparalleled times, but that's the scenario that causes BYU fans the most heartache or potential heartache because now you're looking at a schedule of Liberty, New Mexico State. Well, that's even if they want to
0: do it. UMass, they all have to agree to
1: that. Yeah, and if they, they are financially capable of doing something like that last minute, Did
0: UConn football make any money? Question mark. You know what I mean. Is I thought Brett it, like,
1: McMurphy put it perfectly yesterday. He said a little bit tongue in cheek. Athletic directors schedule college football games 50 years out, and they may have to readjust in five minutes.
0: No, it'd be, it'd be wild. The other independents uh, to list, Liberty in the news a lot, Army, New Mexico State, UMass, you mentioned UConn. So that schedule stinks if BYU had to play that. Like, even I think that schedule's too easy. Come on.
1: You throw in no, I mean, Notre Dame, Army, and Liberty, okay. I wouldn't
0: assume that Notre Dame would do a game with BYU, but um, The other one, yeah, yeah, that scenario stinks. That to me is the scenario scenario that is
1: at the bottom of the list. Please do not do that.
0: (sighs) Yeah, because if you're going to move uh, the season around, might as well move it to when you can do... 12
1: games. All of the and games. You can,
0: because guess what? If you do an abbreviated conference schedule, you don't get all the TV money. You just don't. Because you didn't fulfill the contract, which was 12 games or whatever, right? Every
1: athletic director in the country wants to have a full schedule. They want to sell 12 games worth of tickets. They want? want 12 games worth of television revenue. They want to get all of the money they can possibly get because they need it to sustain their entire athletic department. There are only a few schools that would be able to survive this.
0: Yeah, it'd be tough. It'd be tough. And I hope that we can figure something that makes sense. Obviously, at the end of the day and the beginning, we're figuring out, Okay, uh, we're all kind of projecting and hoping that this can go away and be solved and figured out and we can save lives as soon as possible. And then there's sports. But uh, sports certainly matters. We're seeing that right now. There's no sports, and it's having a a cultural impact that uh, is significant, right? Not as significant as death, but still uh, significant in a different way.
1: Now, the season we think is going to happen regardless at some point from from the urgency that we're hearing from athletic directors.
0: And that's a great point to make. Yes, they are seeking to play. It
1: is. Because of money. It has to happen, money for has to, happen yeah. to be able to sustain. Uh, it's been a while since BYU football did not have a season, which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 1945, people. The last time BYU football did not play a season, 1945. What was happening then? Ah, yes, World War II.
0: I would argue that in 2017, BYU didn't play.
1: You know? oh, no, don't, don't, don't do that. No? <laughs> <laughs> they still won four games. They still four whole won, games. They still won four wow. games. Wow! Unfortunately, Jerem, they did play all 13 games that year.
0: <sighs> there was a time. What? What game was it? Oh, 2011 when BYU lost. What was the score of the 2011 BYU-Utah game? It was bad. Right?
1: 54 to 10.
0: There was a time. Even now, I totally pushed it out of my mind. I couldn't even remember because psychologically, I was like, no, I don't want too to much scar this. tissue gone. <laughs> couldn't even remember the score.
1: Our question of the day, if it is not possible to have a normal college football season that starts on time, what is the best scenario you propose for the 2020 season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At KM Bell 81 answers on Twitter. Given what we are facing, if we cannot have a normal college football season in the fall, it's probably best to simply not have one. COVID-19 needs to be under control before we allow college athletes to play again otherwise there is simply too much risk involved.
0: No, you're you're right about getting COVID-19 contained. What we're talking about is once it's once it's under control, once we can play, then what? And are we okay if it's pushed back? Are we okay if it's abbreviated? Yes, I'm okay with Yes, I there's an assumption. We're not trying to Force this into this situation. No, 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 no. Would anybody not be okay? Once it's taken
1: care of. Would anybody not be okay with playing the college football season in the spring? Well, it's going to impact the pure sport, baseball, and it's going to interfere with me watching uh, the Masters and uh, the XFL. Stop it. Bring it up.
0: You just threw the XFL in that conversation? How dare you? How
1: dare you? That's not even close. They're not even going to have a I league. I know. I'm saying it to be facetious. I know. Like, it's just... It, but don't you wa- dare put the Masters in XFL in the same
0: people paragraph the with a football, comma.
1: the regardless of when it happens. Yeah,
0: amen. Coming up, we move from 16 to the top eight plays in the best play bracket. Who is in?
1: But first, Tyson Williams on preparing for the NFL draft. He joins us from South Carolina. We discuss uh, what could have been if he had stayed healthy. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: Tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation, it's our special play-by-replay of the Gonzaga game this year at home. BYU's big upset of number two Gonzaga with special guests Mark Pope, Yoli Childs, and Jake Toulson. You can expect some insight into different aspects of that win, including Yoli Childs talking about the final dunk. Um, I never, like, showed too much emotion or anything because I always have thought, like, I'm supposed to do that, you know? But that's one of the, the, the only times I've ever just been so excited to, about a moment like that, kind of knowing it was our last time on that court, uh, knowing how much BYU's meant to me over these four years. It was, it was a great feeling. It was. It's tomorrow at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
1: Have some, Yoli. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We are super excited to welcome in our first guest. He is Tyson Williams, former BYU running back and graduate transfer from the University of South Carolina. He's joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Skype. Tyson, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. How was the quarantine uh, life going for you as you prepare for the NFL draft?
3: Uh, it's a struggle, man. Like I said, I mean, a lot of places are closing. Um, and so it's just kind of hard to find, out, find facilities and try to get a workout in. But nonetheless, you're still working. I mean, even if you got to go outside and just get some stuff in, you know, out, that's, that'll always be available. So if I have to do that, then I will. And you've stayed local, right? Yeah, I have. I have. I just recently left. Um, I left yesterday, but, I mean, up until, like, the past couple months, I've been, I've been in Utah in Pleasant Grove. So are you back home in uh, Sumter, South Carolina now? Yes, sir. I am.
0: I am. How's, uh, how's life back home?
3: It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Just like I said, everything is closing down, so, I mean, not a whole lot going on. Just kind of uh, staying in the house. I did a little at-home workout today, so uh, that's pretty much been it. I haven't been here too long. Give us an idea of what the at-home workout looks like for you. <laughs> at-home workout? Uh, I had a little medicine ball I had from high school, so I had to take it and use it throughout my whole workout. Um, I was doing, like, lunges, uh, sit-ups, push-ups, push-up circuit. Um, and I was doing, like, some uh, – like, holding the ball over my head, doing, like, some uh, calf walks, walking on my uh, my tiptoes. So, I don't know. That's kind of just some simple stuff just to kind of just stay stay moving stay – keep the blood flowing and stuff like that a thousand reps of each of those right yeah yeah. a thousand if you can get two thousand that's
1: great (laughs) Tyson Williams with us on BYU Sports Nation you mentioned you stayed in Utah why did you opt to uh stay in Utah for so long before going home to South Carolina
3: um I was just kind of going with like I said my agent he kind of had a a great relationship with Dave um and so he was just kind of like um I trust him and not only him, uh, the staff at BYU, um, Brett, and, and Steve also. So, um, I mean, being that they had a lot of confidence in them, I trusted them, and then, uh, it turned out great. The next step
0: for you is to try and get into the NFL, right? And uh, hopefully yes, someone to, someone's going to take a chance on you because your numbers uh, in college were good, and then your combine uh, numbers, your self-combine numbers, were excellent um, in yeah. the three-cone. 6.81 would have been first at the combine, 24 bench reps. Yes. Holy mackerel, that would have been tied third. 4.21 shutter run, tied for fifth. Your 40 would have been tied for sixth, 4.48. What were you most satisfied with out of all of that?
3: Um, all of it, I think, honestly, uh, I'll probably have to say the 40, but nonetheless, I was just kind of uh, surprised that I was able to do it. You know what I mean? I was just kind of taking things day by day. I didn't know if, if I was going to be able to do a pro day because a lot of people asked me. I mean, It kind of just depended on you know how I felt, how my knee was doing, and... Um, just kind of getting to that point. I was planning on even not running a 40 that day. Um, and I kind of just did it like last minute. I was like, nah, I think I'm going to run a day. So, um, really just kind of just overall, just the improvement I was able to make and, you know, just kind of my knee just being in a great place to be able to do that.
1: Tyson, I'm hoping to run a 5'4'8 if I made the decision to run a 40 in the last minute. So, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. great stuff. Yeah.
0: How <laughs> yes, did you do, how'd you do that? What, seven months off of an ACL tear? How Wild. did you do that?
3: Yeah. Uh, I think just kind of as soon as you, as soon as you kind of have the surgery, um, they want, they want you to get moving and, and get going. So, um, just kind of, if you keep that routine and, and just kind of never take a break and also like just eat the right things and work out. Um, I think, I think you, you'll be fine. I don't I don't think it's as far stretched as as people kind of make it, make it seem.
1: Tyson, how would you explain your time at BYU, though it was limited? Uh, I, I'm sure you felt some of the serious fanfare from BYU Sports Nation.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, it was just crazy. Uh, like I said, probably just the highest of my highs, and then like I said going through the injury, I was probably like the lowest of my lows. I mean, um, when I was on the field, I mean, it was it was just a great time, and just the the bond I built with the with the guys, even. You know, after I got injured and stuff like that, I mean, it's, it's been great. And also the fans and everybody taking me in and stuff like that. I mean, I really just, um, just kind of, uh, just appreciative, you know, of everybody in BYU NSL.
0: At the time of your ACL tear, BYU's 2-1 and one and playing Washington. That ends up kind of getting out of hand, you know, uh, in that game. Certainly your injury played into that. But you had three touchdowns and you averaged 5.4 yards per carry. What did you feel like you could have done with a full season?
3: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, and a little tears coming out as I think about uh, this. Part. It, it, w- it would have been a lot of fun. That's the, that's the only way I could put it. It would have been a lot of fun. Just because I I was like, I mean, of course, the first four games, you kind of just want to make it. You want to make an impact. You know, you want to kind of do your thing. And then, you know, I feel like the rest of the schedule is going to be it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm thinking a thousand yards. I'm thinking
0: a couple more wins at least. Right. Is is that a fair assessment?
3: I think so. I, I would say that.
1: Tyson Williams with us on BYU Sports Nation. The tears are welling up in the uh eyeballs of <laughs> Jerem Jordan and me in Studio B. Uh Tyson, again, because your time was limited, uh, you still you still made an impact, but in your mind, what was your favorite moment as a player on the
3: field at BYU? Uh I have to definitely say Tennessee. I have to say Tennessee going back to SEC country and um just rolling in with my, my guys, you know, and just going in there taking over so I would definitely have to say Tennessee
0: and they end up winning eight games it's not like they were just an okay yeah. team they were a good team right they turned that season around yeah. after starting 0 and 2 and they had a yeah, good year so we've been doing this best play bracket the top 8 football plays versus the top 8 basketball plays and your mm-hmm. touchdown in over, double overtime advanced from the round of 16 to 8. So, congratulations on wow, that. Wow.
3: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the,
0: the fans vote on it. So, all the, all the fans thank voted. Thank you.
3: You're now matched thank up.
0: You. And this is going to be next Tuesday, by the way. So, you can tweet out and encourage people to vote if you want. Uh, shameless plug. I will. I will. It's, you're going to face Dax Milne's touchdown catch against South Florida. Like the one-hander. What's oh, a be- the one-hander. What's a better okay, play in your okay. biased
3: opinion? <laughs> oh, my biased opinion? I'm, I'm going to have to go with me. I'm going to have to go with me. But <laughs> – I like I like Dax uh touchdown, then I also like his little celebration. I believe that's the one he did like the little Kodak dance.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> I mean you can't you can't go wrong with either one. You hey, can't go wrong with either one.
0: And let's talk about that. Dax had we we came up with the top eight, right? A a group of us here of course. Uh Dax had two of the top eight, Tyson. USC and yep. South Florida. He was he was yeah. pretty good.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. He's good. And like I said, next year it's, it's gonna be even better for him because he's gonna get a lot more opportunities. So that's my guy. And he took over for five, you know what I mean? So he's <laughs> he got my blessing.
1: <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Tyson, what does BYU mean to you at this point in your life?
3: Um, oh man, it means a lot. I mean, even outside of football, um, just the just the way of life, um, taking it all in, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times um you kind of grow when you have to step outside your comfort zone and i think that's kind of what i did for my last year um just going out there learning um different things learning about the culture and and stuff like that and that's just kind of things i'm gonna take with me for the rest of my life so um it's, it's it's bigger than football everything that i learned
0: Describe to us what your life is like right now because it's one thing to not know what's going to happen in the next couple of months. We don't even know if there's going to be an NFL season in the fall, right? There's all kinds of – the NFL says there will be, but right now you're preparing physically. You want to stay in shape. You want to get on a roster uh, you know, at the end of the month, whether it's in the draft or as a free agent. Um, what, what is that uncertainty like for you? Why you try and stay in shape in your house with your medicine bowl?
3: Um, it's hard, but, like I said, you gotta just take it a day at a time, you know what i mean and And each and every day, I know I have that medicine ball, and I know I have access to going outside unless they cut that off too so um, as long as I can do those two things i'll be I'll be fine besides
1: getting ready for the n f l and chasing that dream, how do you feel your time
3: otherwise uh not a whole lot, I mean not a bit coming back home uh seeing seeing family seeing friends um playing the game. And, you know, other than that, that's, that's about it. Not a whole lot going on. Is
1: there a binge worthy show that you have, or are you not, uh, not the binge TV guy?
3: Uh, it depends. I, I, I actually uh, told my mom to watch a show. I had watched it was a uh, hip hop evolution. So, I mean, she started it yesterday. So I just want to be with her as she, she starts her little, <laughs> she starts her little thing.
0: How is your mom doing by the way? I know she's a huge influence in your life. She's in the military. Um, she's an inspirational figure.
3: Yeah, yeah, she's doing good. She's doing good. She actually um, went to work not too long ago, so just wait for her to get home and, you know, just spend some quality time with the family.
1: Tyson, great to catch up with you, man. We appreciate uh, you joining us over Skype and are super excited about your football future. We wish you the best with your recovery, and let's do this again soon.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all stay safe and, you know, continue to do the necessary things and go Cougs. Absolutely, you got it, my friend. Thanks, Tyson
1: bro. Williams on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
0: I may not have actually cried, but inside I'm crying. Oh. <laughs> Thinking about what could have been with, with Tyson. Ah, oh, he, ah, BYU doesn't get running backs like Tyson Williams very often. And we only saw four games. Ah, oh, like three and a half games.
1: He said it best. It would have been a lot of fun. Ah.
0: I'll try and do the rest of the show now, I guess. (laughs) Coming up, Heather Olmstead of women's volleyball.
1: (laughs) This might help your spirits a little bit. We begin the elite portion of our BYUSN Best Play Bracket next. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: (sighs) 1,000 yards, two more wins at least. The BYUSN Best Play Bracket is presented by doTERRA. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now. Some of the most foolish moments from Cougar Sports past season. It was April Fool's yesterday. It's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram,
1: and YouTube. Welcome back to the show. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Great to have you with us. And it is time, my friends, to whip it. It's time for
0: the Cougar Whiparound. Athletics News. The NCAA votes to extend the recruiting dead period through May 31st and leaves open the possibility of further extending the dead period depending on COVID-19 developments
1: volleyball the MPSF announcing the season awards for men's volleyball Gabi Garcia Fernandez player of the year Sean Olmsted coach of the year no surprise on either of those Gabi Davide Gardini Will Stanley and Felipe Gibrita Fajera, all named first team with Zach Eschenberg named to the second team and Miki Yauhianen is an honorable mention cleaning up my guys well done
0: Football. J.J. Nwigway posted his Pro Day workout numbers. His three-cone drill of 6.85 would have been the fastest time for any defensive lineman at the NFL Combine. 32 reps on the bench press would have been tied for second, 32. Woo. And his 4.7840 would have been seven.
1: Those are winning numbers. Winning numbers, and uh, speaking of winning, it's time for our BYUSN Best Play of the Year Bracket Fund today presented by doTERRA. The eight best plays from the football season and the eight best plays from the BYU basketball season up against each other, all to determine the best play of the BYU athletic year.
0: You voted, and we've whittled it down from the top 16 to now the round of eight, the quarterfinals. Go to vote.bytv.org to vote each weekday. The polls close at 11 a.m. Eastern
1: time. The final play, moving on to the Elite Eight portion of our bracket, is the basketball three-seed, T.J. Haas alley-oop to Yoli Childs to secure a win at San Diego. It beats the football six-seed of Micah Simon on a trick play Connecting with Matt Bushman for a touchdown against Liberty by a tally of 75% to 25%. Oh. So Haas to Childs Alley-Oop that one got in ugly. convincing fashion will take on Diane Gonwoluku and his game-sealing interception against USC in a elite matchup. Okay. An elite matchup, I should say.
0: Very excited. Now we begin the quarterfinals. Let's go. Our first matchup features the top football seed, Micah Simon, 64-yard catch against Tennessee. 50 yards away from field goal territory. A step up by Wilson. Deep man is
1: open. It's caught by Simon. Oh, yeah, He's baby. the 40. The 35 25-20. 15 You got to hustle. You got to hustle.
0: Kalani Satake apparently turned his ankle on that play. Remember how he walked with a boot? After that? Yes.
1: <laughs> he turned his ankle celebrating with Micah as well. Like he did it again. Like he tweaked his ankle twice, I think, in that uh that scenario.
0: That's a great it was play.
1: unbelievable. That's a
0: great. That was a miracle. It's one of it the really greatest was.
1: things that I have witnessed as a sports fan, as a BYU uh, fan. It just. That was wild. Who knew? <laughs> it's BYU had a 1% chance of winning that game when Zach Wilson took that snap. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's like. 20 seconds left when he throws the ball. It's crazy. crazy. It's yeah. crazy. crazy.
1: Simon's catch taking on one of the two Dax Milne upsets in the first round. Yes, Dax Milne as the fifth seed and his touchdown catch from Zach Wilson against USC.
0: Zach Gunn, play fake to Tyson. Zach throws to the 10, to the 5, caught at the goal line. Touchdown,
3: Cougars! Touchdown, Cougars!
1: Dax Milne, and uh, his family has been daxing the polls.
0: Do we know that? Or are they are just <laughs> fans of Dax? How do we know it's his family?
1: Cast your vote now by going to vote.byutv.org. Yeah. The matchup okay, let's numbers go. right now. I,
0: l- listen, the Simon play is great. The Milne catch is awesome. The Simon play is the best football play. I, I, I'll be shocked if the Simon play doesn't get all the way to the championship round.
1: The fans will decide. Yeah, Vote.byutv.org. Wow. He already took down TJ Hawes with this catch against South Florida and the buzzer beater against St. Mary's. Is he going to take down the other one seed? Is he going to take down both?
0: Dax Mill, on a mission, <laughs> man. Is it going to be a Dax
1: Mill all Dax Mill matchup in the final? He didn't go
0: on the <laughs> traditional mission. This is his mission now. This is his mission. <laughs> Coming up, which NFL team donated their team plane to help in the COVID-19
1: cause? Plus, BYU women's volleyball coach Heather Olmsted. How is she preparing for a season that may not happen or may be postponed? All the details there. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU
0: fans everywhere. Tweet. The BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and old BYU sports games. Get your VOD fix on the BYU TV app today.
1: Yes, you can uh, discover a well of beautiful sports awesomeness, uh, including a few outstanding matches from uh, the coach of our next, or uh, the guest that we feature next, and the coach of uh, a team that... Uh, has done some remarkable things. We probably take it for granted. They went to seven straight Sweet Sixteens. I don't take it. for. I love it. Yes. BYU women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead joins us via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Heather, uh, first question. Have you watched any of the
2: matches back
1: while you've been in this quarantine situation?
2: That is a good question. I have not. I have not done that, but I should. Okay. There's plenty of time. We all have plenty (laughs) of time right now. Uh,
0: Obviously, we're going to talk about what you're doing as a BYU coach, but as a as a person, what are you doing to uh, engage yourself uh, outside of your job?
2: Yeah, oddly enough, it's actually taken up quite a bit of time just to get organized, and just to organize our team, organize our coaching staff, organize our duties, and so that's taken up quite a bit of time. But there's still a lot of time left to do other things. So, connect with family and friends, um, be outside, and, and just do the best we can to support, you know, what's going on and the community, and, and do our job.
0: What I'm really getting at is what TV shows are you watching here? <laughs> okay.
2: All right. So I, uh, I'm i trying to finish finish off Better Call Saul. So that's oh, very what I'm nice. on right now. Great yeah. show. Nice.
1: Great show. Very nice.
2: And uh, I did watch the popular one going on right now, but... You guys know what I'm talking about. Tiger
0: Tiger King. (laughs) Yep, exactly.
1: Exactly.
2: Uh, With that in mind, you
1: need to contact your brother, Sean. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. You need to contact him and and ask him his thoughts on the show and and how he's uh, repping that. Um, Cougar King is the
0: new doc that we need here, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Heather, how has the
2: sports shutdown over the last three weeks impacted your life the most? Besides the obvious of not being able to see our, our kids and interact with them on a daily basis and just get used to the norm of how we're going to communicate with them via you know, technology, and we're just so grateful that we can, I think the biggest thing for me is just not being able to see family. My, my twin sister had a baby a month ago, shout out to Ida, and I haven't been able to see her or meet her, so hopefully that's in the near future. But things like that where you would normally be able to interact are um, put on hold a little bit longer for good reason.
0: Yeah, there's, there was that uh, wild photo of uh, three generations of grandpa seeing his grandson through a window, right? It's just a, it's just a unique time. And certainly, you're hoping that there's a women's volleyball season on time. We've been talking about football and, and the potential impact there. Um, what are the conversations like, uh, if there are any at all, relative to women's volleyball schedule in the fall?
2: Our conversations are really centered around what, what can we do today? What can we do to win the day today? What's what's our tasks to be the best versions of ourselves, to take care of ourselves personally, emotionally, physically, then our families, and then take care of what we need to do as far as school or volleyball. Those things are not as important as just being healthy mentally and physically in, in a good place. So we're just focused on tasks we can do to accomplish each day, um, and that's really what we're doing, staying in the present and it's out of our control whether or not this fall happens, but we're going to prepare as if it is until someone tells us it isn't.
0: It's a unique time too, because the athletic facilities are shut down. It's not like athletes can go work out and, and practice, you know, serve and pass and whatnot. So I guess what are, what are athletes, uh, I guess, able or encouraged to do right now?
2: Yeah, whatever they can, we've, got workouts that we can legally send out to them to help them do some at-home workouts most kids don't have any weights that they can be using to stay in shape you know they have a volleyball here or there that they can go pepper with some friends or family but really you know it's everyone's trying to be creative and there's no replacement for actually playing volleyball but there are things you can do you know to keep Keep your mind sharp and you can watch a lot of film you can watch film of yourself you can watch film of other players professionally internationally and always look to to expand on your knowledge of the game in other ways if you can't physically do it how much communication do you have with your team uh, and and the roster right now yeah quite a bit like I said just getting organized like this is our new norm what how are we going to operate as a team what's our communication like obviously we are still in our spring season and we know people's actual seasons got cut short so for us, it was very minimal. Uh, we had a, a great opportunity to be together for quite a few weeks training in our 20 hours, so we're grateful for what we had, and we feel for those that have been impacted by what's going on and season's cut short. So um, just doing the best we can, and uh, yeah. Uh,
0: you're coming off a 26-5 and five season, another tremendous season into the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, you lose McKenna Miller and Mary Lake, a couple of notables that have been uh, in the program for the past four years. How do you feel about the roster going into 2020?
2: Yeah, we feel great. We're excited for who we, who's uh, gonna go forward with us in 2020, and and they're all excited. We've got a couple of middles we're adding: Leilani Dodson, Allie Hakes. We've got a libero, Maddie Allen from California, and uh, a lefty who was with us this this winter already, and Michaela Tolman. So. We're excited, and obviously our returners are excited. They were working hard before the, the shutdown and, and looking forward to a, a great 2020 season. Hey coach, I was talking uh, with you and
1: Mary Lake earlier this week, and, and Mary's already ready to give Maddie Allen the uh, the title of the next person to be the all-time Diggs leader. So what type of player is Maddie Allen? Because those are uh, big words from a player like Mary Lake.
2: Yeah, Mary's awesome. Just, she's so humble. And uh, Maddie's a great passer. She's got a good feel for the ball. She's got a great... Platform. She's been coached really well in high school and club, and so she's, she's got good skills, so she's going to be able to come in and impact us right away, and, and she, she understands that.
0: It's unique to have, uh, you know, m- married athletes in college, B.R. is more than most, I would, I would gander. And then you have two on your team that are married to men's volleyball players. Is that, is that advantageous? They can pepper, oh, uh, yeah. you know, McKenna Miller with Alex Osu
2: and Zach and Kennedy yeah. Eschenberg? I told Kennedy, she better be getting some mad se- pe- pepper sessions with Zach, <laughs> especially, especially if Zach's coming back. He needs to stay active. And, and th- that men's volleyball team was rolling, you know, and uh, they, they did such a good job this year. So it's, it's fun to be able to interact with the men's team and learn from them. And what we've learned from, you know, the way they rebounded from last year was just huge for us to watch. And we're so excited for them and their future.
0: It's been fun to see that interactivity, too, between the two teams. Obviously, it's two couples there, but – that you guys support each other not only because the coaches are siblings but because you're fans of the other team. That I, I feel like that's something that you guys make sure yeah. you do for the other team.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt in our mind that our men's volleyball team was going to win that national championship this year, and that's fine. They'll do it next year. And it's it's just cool to see our girls love to go to the games and support and, and have see those guys have success. We see them working hard every single day, and so it's cool.
0: And they show up at the women's volleyball matches. And when it's pink night, those guys have all the pink, right?
2: Yeah, it's super cool. Heather, we uh, had
1: an opportunity to sit down with you recently uh, and Mary Lake and Kennedy Eschenberg to watch back one of the all-time greatest wins in BYU volleyball history when you took down number one Stanford in late August of 2018. What was it like for you as the coach to uh, be next to uh, your players and, and relive that match?
2: You guys, I have to admit something to you. I had not watched that match from BYU TV's perspective since it happened. So that was the first time I actually watched <laughs> it the night before to get wow. ready. I don't watch replays and I love you guys and I love BYU TV, but it's just, I lived it. I, I lived it. So, but it was really cool to be able to watch it, get prepped for what we were going to be doing. And to, to chat with you and Mary and Kennedy was just a highlight for me. Just, it was so cool. I'm excited for everybody to watch that. Admit it you were you
1: you enjoyed it a little especially when you <laughs> when you remembered how awesome that was and the I smi- loved it. the smile on your face was epic that night heather
2: it was so fun and it was just a great match to be able to play the number 1 team in stanford and just leave it all out on the court and play free and and know that we were all in it together i mean it was awesome
1: Great stuff. That uh, play-by-replay special is coming up very soon. We also have another play-by-replay special with BYU Basketball. Uh, Heather, it's, it's great to talk to you. We wish you continued uh, safety and health, and uh, I hope we're talking about a lot of volleyball come this fall. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. We appreciate everything you're doing. You got it. Heather said with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
0: That's one thing we haven't talked about, too, is we talked about football, football, football. What about women's volleyball and soccer? and Right? That's all. Like, if football's not going to be played, certainly it's going to be, in a, it's sort of a symbol of every other sport, right? But that's kind of the big cone, of course. Coming up, one site has BYU football's win total set at
1: 6.5 wins. Are we taking the over? Plus, rise in shout-outs, including a surprise wedding from one BYU football player. This is BYU Sports Nation. Surprise, Mom! This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can
0: download the podcast. You just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and oh, then you'll have it.
1: And It's that simple.
0: Yeah, or there are other means besides Google, but if you'd like to use it.
1: Jerem, let's play fill-in-the-blank, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Jerem is a fill-in-the-blank. No. I'm I'm kidding. That's (laughs) not a question. (laughs) Okay, for real.
0: At home, people just filled in the blank themselves mentally. (laughs)
1: Okay, for real. Number one. A projection of six and a half wins for BYU football in 2020 by DraftKings is fill in the blank. But on!
0: I I think that's uh, probably a good number to put it at. We've talked about, yeah, it feels like a six or seven win kind of schedule should BYU play it out. First four are power fives, three of which are on the road. Uh, That's going to be a challenge. It really will be. And there are questions at wide receiver uh, who will be the main guys, right? Can Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne carry the group? Or will it be other guys like uh, Keanu Hill and Cody Epps, among others, that haven't proven themselves at this level? So I think it's spot on. I wish the number was like eight and a half, honestly, before the season. But uh, I feel like it's probably fair to where BYU's at right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's a fair number. That's the word I would use is fair. Um, I think BYU's going to win seven games. So I'm, I'm taking the over there. Yeah. Because I think BYU will find a way to win seven of the 12 regular season games, assuming those 12 regular season games happen. But, yeah, it's it's pretty spot on just based on what the Cougars are bringing back and lining up against that schedule. I, I think it would be unf- unfair to – expect BYU to win more than seven, maybe eight games just based on the competition level they're going to see week to week.
0: There are multiple issues we've addressed the schedule. The other is that BYU's not been good enough. So the last three years, without Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, BYU is 18-21. and 21.
1: That's not good! No, enough. And uh, BYU's got to be better. As has been documented over the last three seasons against group of five teams, BYU has a losing record against group not okay. Five teams. It's not about the Power Five competition. I feel like BYU can win. Win forty percent, whatever. They'll win forty or fifty percent. Awesome. It's the group of five teams. BYU's got to figure out how to win those games yeah. consistently.
0: And so here's the question: If BYU's going to play four to six Power Fives with the group of Fives, they need to win all but one, and it's Boise State. Occasionally, right? That's, yeah. that's not been a 50-50 proposition. That's been a win a third of the time, basically. Okay, number two. Yoli only child's not making the athletic. Top 100 draft prospects. The athletic is a place, not an uh, adjective in this case. But six other WCC players making it is?
1: Malarkey! Shout out to Mr. Sabin, my sixth grade teacher. He used to always say Nick? that. It's a bunch of malarkey, Linton. Uh, I think what, that... your grades? No, my oh. grades, my grades were good. Oh, my grades were good. He,
0: That's he, right, academic all set. I forgot. He just
1: didn't like uh, my lack of social distancing from uh, friends in sixth grade. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. I think it's garbage, man. Killian Tilly, Corey Kispert, Jordan Ford, Joel Ayayi, Philip Petrushov, and Malik Fitz is on that list at ninety-seven. No Yoli Childs in the top one hundred. Seriously.
0: I think it's weird. I think Yoli Child should be in the top uh, 75. Yes. It, it, Yoli Childs probably going to be a second-round pick if he's drafted. He's not a first-round guy because he stayed all four years, and I think he needs a better handle. But he improved his three-point shooting. I, I think it's odd. I think it's very odd and weird.
1: I think it's odd that they have Petrushev at 94. That they I have think him, he should be
0: higher. They have him
1: below Jordan Ford and Corey Kisper. We're talking about NBA potential here? Come on. Like, is clearly has more NBA potential than those guys. I, I'm wondering why they have him so low and no Yoli Childs. is weird. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's weird. It's malarkey. <laughs> malarkey. I'm just angry now. Our question of the day. I know what I feel like every day. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not possible to have a normal college football season, what's the best scenario you propose for the 2020 season? Our elite voice of the day. <laughs> Presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. comes from at N underscore Crowley19. Beat Utah, then call it a season.
0: I don't think that's uh, happening. The wanna game know,
1: that is. 1-0 undefeated, beat Utah, national champs.
0: That'd be nice. Today's rising and Shoutouts. Uh, mine goes to the Patriots. Normally I'm not a Patriots fan but in this case. They did something awesome. They loaned their plane to transfer uh, N95 medical masks from China back to the U.S. It cost them $2 bucks plus, and they just ate it.
1: Yeah, $2 awesome. million dollars plus the cost to fly the plane to and from. They use their own plane. That's amazing. That's cool. Very cool. Very worthy shout-out. Uh, my Rise Shout-out goes to one of our favorite BYU football players, Bracken L. Bakri, who has summoned the powers got of married. heaven. He got married. Congratulations, nice. Bracken. She's got to be an amazing person.
0: That's awesome. He is a firecracker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> our thanks to today's guests, Tyson Williams and Heather Olmstead. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Robbie Reed. We'll see you tomorrow for our BYUSN play-by-replay special with BYU Basketball taking down Gonzaga.
3: There's no reason from a medical standpoint why you can't have children.
1: Really?